And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here from Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. What is wrong? What are are you laughing at? Well, you usually do a count, three, two, before we start. Mm -hmm. But you just did the... So it's sort of like sex without foreplay. You didn't give me any time to get ready. You just did the... There was no countdown. Sorry. So sorry. Three, two. <laughs> well, it's too late I gotta now. I got to do a sexy happened. light. So now it's it can already, be the, it's the, the oral foreplay. Oral. Oral. A-U. A-U-R-A-L. Boy, this is getting off to a rocky start here. How well, you we doing? We restart. No, no, no. How are you? People like it when we're just they ridiculous do. like this. I'm good. I have... Okay, so... Um, Almost Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, whatever the other holidays are this month. Um, but um, we've started to get some Christmas cards to the post office box, which we is have. why I've been telling you, don't forget to check the post office box. Yep, I got to do, go do that tomorrow. So if, if you, if you, thank you. But what's funny is, it's like, so I purposely bought these really funky, what I thought were going to be these really funky postcards to send from us. Yeah, these are really cool. They're like, what would you say, from the 1830s or 1840s? 1840 or 1853. Okay. England. But they're, they're, so they're like, the cover photo was much more promising than the actual right, postcard. Right, it's like these like weird lemons and fruits and it's yeah, like, have it's, a crazy Christmas. It's like and, a dog standing next to a chicken on a, or a bird on a chicken. It's like, have a Christmas. And you're like, wait, some of them are like, I don't understand how these people thought any of these images had anything to do with Christmas. But then again, it's 1853. Right. So I'm not sure we even have our idea of, do we have Father Christmas? Like the Coca-Cola Father Christmas? You don't have the Coca-Cola Father Christmas back then. Do we have all the other effluviant and extravaganzas that go along with it and the reindeer and the the sleighs and the trees? Yeah, I take that back. No, because Clarence... Clemens is not Clemens. Clemens. That was the saxophone player from That's the E right. Street Band. Yeah. <laughs> Clemson, something, whatever. Samuel Clemson. No? Yes? No. I'm totally. Clement I'm, Clark Moore. Well, Clement. Yes. Okay. I was getting there. Apparently. I like I like the idea of Clarence Clemens writing the night before <laughs> Christmas. So that was, he mentions the. But we didn't have we didn't really have Christmas cards and it no and the, and yeah so he says let's see so the twas the night before Christmas uh, is a poem uh, that was first published anonymously in 1823 and later attributed to Clement Clark Moore who claimed authorship in 1837 so that's actually way earlier than I thought yeah it is so we already have the whole cherry cheeks and and pipe and and the we knew he was St. Nick thing. So he was also a lot smaller because he was supposed to be elf sized at the time. And then apparently he's gotten a lot taller and fatter over the, over the time. But anyway, so but, 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 whoever, but one I don't thing, think we had Christmas cards in the 18. What I'm saying is I don't think they had actually the idea. There were not well, and, and, Hallmark. And Twas the Night Before Christmas was um, an American poem. It was yes, not and British. This is, and this is an, and this is an English card postcard company. Right. So they made these postcards uh, which didn't postcards didn't actually something I still learned in this little packet like I was they didn't catch on in America until like fifty years later. But the idea 
is that these are just really weird and they're kind of wonderful and uh we're going to be for anybody who sends us uh for the christmas cards that we get this year mm-hmm. you're going to be getting one of these postcards uh so there's the explanation for why they don't make any sense as far as <laughs> how they don't say happy christmas yes. or merry christmas you'd be so, like why is this dog in a blue jay <laughs> Looking yeah. at each other, and then there's like a random caption where just yeah, you know it could be like mom made meatloaf tonight. You know, it's just very strange. But the caption is Christmassy, but the picture is not. It's like I could take a picture of bullet taking a dump, and on the bottom it says, "Have <laughs> a merry Julia Christmas." Noel. You know, <laughs> right. it doesn't make any sense, but it's I thinking of you this holiday season. Yeah. Anyway, the, the so what what was the what the selling point was with this? It was an Amazon purchase. It was a crazy wishing you a crazy and wacky christmas the cover of the whole little postcard book mm-hmm. was the coolest postcard that isn't a postcard they, yeah it's on the cover but yeah, it's, it's the not cover. an actual it's not postcard. an actual postcard because there's information on the inside it's kind of lame i know because that was like the funkiest looking i was like oh this is why i bought this box of really funky oversized postcards mm-hmm. but whatever i have 30 okay Two are already spoken for because we've already gotten two cards. All so right. there so you the go. First 20, it's not the a first challenge. 28 of you who's in this uh, People Christmas don't cards. actually send <laughs> Christmas cards anymore. It's not a challenge. Like, I got a lot of uh, interesting and funny feedback because, so um, one night earlier this week, I pulled out all of my paper crafting supplies. And for you scrapbookers, this is a whole bleep load of stuff. This is glue dots and curvy scissors and paper cutters and hole punches and and Martha Stewart glitter and glue sticks and a hot glue gun um, different kinds of weights and colors and shapes of various however you feel it sort of Christmas sorts of stuff and I made myself my homemade cards for the first time probably since cancer yeah, I think that's right. Because I used to make them all the time. This was my thing I would do every year. And right. my, my card list got bigger. It used to be like 10, 12 family. The last count, I have 37 people on our personal like family and friends mm-hmm. um, Christmas card making pile. But it felt so good. Cause, so the coolest thing is when I was a little girl, my grandmother Ruth, my father's mother, um, she used to always save everybody's Christmas cards and she would use pinking shears and a hole punch and she'd cut out the pretty pictures of the cards mm-hmm. and turn them into Christmas tags. Okay, tags. okay. So you'd, she'd write her name and whatever, mm-hmm. to Grandma, you know, to Elaine, love Grandma. And so she would recycle them that way. Well, I've sort of upped it a notch and I cut them all apart and I turned them into brand new cards with Christmas paper, different background scenes, something else going on. Three, I make them kind of three dimensional. Yeah, I make yeah. them sort of three dimensional. Um, the caveat of this, and I put this out there, was like I, I anybody, and we get a lot of these from friends and family are the photo family cards. Mm-hmm. I don't cut up my family and friends <laughs> to put you on cards. That'd be really funny if you just like started mismatching people, and all of a sudden, like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not married to that person. What are you doing? It'd be like the commercials nowadays. <laughs> You're just going to make everybody's family whatever combination right? you want. But no, I do I not. I'm not married to a golden doodle. There are no family photo, family picture <laughs> photos destroyed yeah, in my endeavor, I'm and I feel like I'm that. totally channeling my grandmother. And not only do, do I feel like I'm channeling my grandmother, but um, when she uh, died in 2003, 
I got a whole, her one of her sewing machines and a Notions box, a button box, and a whole bunch of stuff. And the cool thing about what I found in the Notions box, I might have said this already, I actually found my grandfather's wedding band and he had died in 1985 and no one knew where it was. So his wedding band was in my grandmother's Notions mm. box that I found uh, in 2003. 20-something years Where's that now? Uh, my dad has it. Oh, okay. Uh, when I found it, I showed it to my father and I said, I found this golden band. It's a man's wedding band, obviously. Do you think it might be grandpa's? His eyes. Like, oh, wow. He knew. So I gave it to my father. Um, but the other thing I got was a crazy amount of rickrack. And uh, if you're into sewing, you know what Rick Rack is. It's a trim that you buy in little, little cardboard foldovers, and it's rolled around like, a, you know, a, the ribbon. But it's it's a zigzaggy sort of fabric. Mm -hmm. And it was a big, 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 big. And I, when uh, I had a lot of it, I had a, and what's funny is I had a lot of red and green of it. Mm. And so I have used it. It adheres to cardboard and paper with a hot glue gun like it was meant to be. And I've used it for a really, really, really long time. But this time around, when I was pulling out all my stuff mm -hmm. and all my supplies, I realized I still had a little bit of my grandma's green rickrack. And I think that, the cards, those cards, though, mm -hmm. they're probably going to people that the I'm family. related to with. Yeah. So I put a little note in. This is from grandma. You know? Cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Maybe they'll save my card and not cut it into an ornament. But <laughs> hey, if you get it, feel free to recycle. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And it has been neat to, to watch you get into the spirit of Christmas. I usually get into the spirit of Christmas about noon on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Uh, and, and I don't know why. It's not that I'm a Scrooge. I'm just, I, I just, I'm, I'm not there yet. Uh, yeah, you've been a, you've been a, a stepdad since the very first Christmas we had together in 1997. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I totally leaped a dinner that year, but you just never got the present thing ever. It took a couple of years for you. It did. But I've always been in charge of buying all the kids, my kids, our kids. I've just been the kid present person. Yeah, we will we'll confer, yeah. and I will get your okay, ideas. Now, now they're our kids. All of them are our kids. Yeah. but at the beginning it was like well, you they know, were still ours. Well, no, they yeah. were ours. But I, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't mean to do it that way. Okay, and you know, my family knows what I'm talking about when they listen to this. It was like it was kind of like because I'm a control freak, and they were my kids yes. at the very beginning. Yes, you are a control freak. We made it work. We have. And you've become less of a control freak over the years. And I admit how much I am like that. Somebody on Facebook shared this really, really, really funny meme about, oh, I need help. Wait, wait, you're not doing that right. Let me fix that. And I was like, <laughs> I had to share. I was like, oh, my God, that is so me. And then some of my relatives commented on it. I was just like, well, you know who I got that from, you know. Yeah, occasionally I will refer to Miss E by her father's name. Yeah, because uh, he's a little bit like me. Vice versa. <laughs> Just like, and, and it's it's funny because you guys are both really capable. Like it's not that you suck and you're you know I gotta do this I gotta take over and then you screw everything up. Like the reason why you tend to want to take over is because, because you can. can. Yeah, because we do right it. we can do it. You can, and and it's frustrating for you to watch somebody struggle or, or not get it right when that you was, know how to do it. That was when we first got those boxes for cooking, and I had to try to watch you cut. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. But yes, so, um, but I was, 
But yes, you're right. I I, I, I own it. I actually have said to you, I'm like, oh dear, I'm being dad again, right. aren't I? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but what were you talking about, about about this before we got sidetracked? We were- uh, Christmas cards and... Again, into the holiday spirit and and how it takes me a while usually to get into the holiday spirit, but oh yeah, but about, okay, we did go down to the barn and we bought our or brought our uh, Christmas stuff up. Now we haven't put the tree up yet. No, but we do have our wreaths up around the house. We do, and we got one from uh, the Fruit Hill Orchard place that is in up in Palmyra, Palmyra and it's still open selling Christmas. Um, trees. The and- Second Amendment Sanctuary of uh, Fluvanna County, yep. by the way, if you are you wanted to spend your tourism dollars in Second Amendment sanctuaries, there you go. But the, um, So they are selling live Christmas trees and wreaths, but in their little shop, they are also selling their own products and some other local vendors stuff, like um, soaps and sauces and salad dressings right. and hot blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. We, we talked about it. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, wait, that's one of them. And then the other was from the Christmas Village in Buckingham County that we went to. Yeah, and it was it's made of cypress instead of what the other one was, which was more of a um, balsam fir. Yeah, balsam fir, I think. Yeah. yeah, like the short little stubby bits mm-hmm. versus this. So yeah, so we have those in the house, or, or one of them actually is hanging out on our kitchen door mm-hmm. and then we've got three other wreaths in the house that I me and uh, Kid 5 hot glued together a couple of years ago and you can do this yourself um, they sell the these uh, wire wreath frames at any craft store and you mm-hmm. don't have to get the wire but it just made kind of sense to us to have because there's a little bit of a three dimension to them mm-hmm. because we were hot gluing round plastic multicolored Christmas balls to them and so we have re- all the different kinds of reds, and then we have all reds and greens, and then we have another one that's like all, you know, glittery versus sparkly or something like that. Right. But it just took um, like a box of cheap Christmas bulbs in a, you know, a set and a wreath and a hot glue gun, and we had Christmas wreaths. And because it's a wire frame, hang, you just can hang it on a wreath hanger, so you can pop them in and out every time and mm-hmm. the other thing we got that's really handy i think we picked them up at either uh walmart or lowe's is they have these plastic wreath boxes wreath basically boxes. Yeah. and so the problem with these hot glue gun things if you if you don't put them aside nicely and mm-hmm. carefully the balls are gonna fall off <laughs> <laughs> right. eventually so yeah you want to get a nice box to put your wreaths in so yes and keep but your balls anyway, intact. And keep yes. your balls intact. But there's your crafty thing. Hot glue guns do a lot of things. They do. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're slowly getting into the uh, Christmas spirit around here. We also have uh, have welcomed back uh, Chico and his boys to the farm. Chico so and the... Uh, Chico and with, the men. Kind of. Versus I mean, Chico and the mans. Chico and the geldings, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, they're actually well weathers. Weathers. A gelding is a male horse who's been castrated. Oh, okay. A male goat who's been castrated is, is a, a weather. weather. W e t h e r. Okay. How about Chico and the Unix? They look like Unix. I complimented <laughs> on that when we picked them up because they got so fat. 
that? Yeah, Shark Boy and Casper. They who look are, like little tubs they, with they, chubby cheeks. Right? And Casper's they little round They are very, tummy. very big. And we were really concerned because... So they've been uh, at the Virginia Tasting Cellar in Farmville, Virginia since... They were like eight weeks old. Yeah. They were little bitty. Well, first we had the girls in there, and then we moved them in... Probably midsummer, so like July. Okay, so they were like two. Or actually, no, months. it was right before we went. It was it was late August. It was right before September because it was right before we went on vacation. Really, we kept the boys out long. Yeah, and I was worried about making the switch and us not being around. But uh, okay. so anyway, so yeah, so they've been there since September, and and we were a little concerned because a lot of the grass had been eaten down, and so we told the folks at the Virginia Tasting Cellar, okay. They can eat Timothy grass, and they made sure that they had plenty of Timothy grass, but they've also been feeding them veggie scraps from the kitchen at Charlie's yeah, that's restaurant. that's the other thing. I said, you can give them all the vegetable scraps that you can, and even a little bit of pasta or bread, but not too much, because you mm. don't want to give them too much uh, grain. Right. So they've been eating lettuce and carrots and radishes and all kinds of yummy stuff. And as, the good Basically, lettuces. as much as they want, so right? So they little pork chops. And they're so darn adorable they're like walking stuffed animals they honestly. really are like i i i had actually um uh posted a uh, one of my crocheted caspers mm-hmm. on my etsy shop last night and i and i also posted it on my corning oat farm and corning oat crafts instagram pages and i said that i'm probably going to have to rethink my pattern because Casper came home so much chubbier than when he left, so might have to add a little bit more bulgy to right. him. Right, and so they're still really small. Cheeks. They're only because they're only about six or seven months old. Yeah, they're just um, as little as bigger as Darla. Well, our audience has no idea how big Darla is either. Right. But they were all born this spring. Right, so they're still really small and cute. They're super junky and cute, and they're also very personable because they've been around a lot of people. Yeah. So they're very acclimated to people. <laughs> Except for when we were trying to get well. Him yesterday. So that was yeah. So that was the issue. So normally, the last few times that I've been to the tasting cellar, Casper's been very kind of standoffish. He's kind of ignored me. I'll you know call his name, and he kind of looks over, and he doesn't really want to come over. And then Shark Boy will run over. To the uh, to the wall, and I'll you know lean over and I'll give him head scratches and pet him, and he just he's been having a grand old time. So I figure, okay, they're so used to people, no big deal to get these goats, right? <laughs> Except, um, so we go in last night, and uh, and where they are, it's great for them because they like to climb, but it's a very steep, steep incline, right, to a creek, right, and it's forty degrees yeah. outside. So we're very concerned, and it's been raining. Yes, so the so ground is kind of soggy. Squishy. So for the goats, again, no problems. And the last time we tried, when we brought home Toffee and Darla, you slipped and almost fell down. Yeah. So I slid down about eight or ten feet. Yeah, and I didn't want right. that to reoccur. So we no, were trying to stay up closer to the wall. Right. And you managed to get Casper, no problem. Immediately. Right. Like he came right at me, and I snatched him up. And I was like, oh, he's so sick. He's hardly even an issue. And you're like... Yeah, he's really like back, but he's usually not. Okay, good. So you took him and put right, and the- and so then I, but I think the problem was I took him away. Yeah, and we probably we probably should, should have, have s- just left him in. I, yeah. I, you should have given him to me, and then Shark Boy would have probably come over. And right. in hindsight, that's the next time when we bring the yes. next set of babies down. Because so, what happened was I ended up taking Casper to the truck and putting him in the crate, so he you could come back and help. So me. I could come back, and then by that time, Shark Boy was like, "Well, I, I don't have- know," because Casper is gone, and who knows what's happened to him. So then he's staying about two feet away from your outstretched arm. And- 
every given time. Right. And we, and mind, this is a very steep embankment. We're talking about like a very two foot wide, you know, ledge before ledge it really starts to go down. Where it starts yeah. to just drop at. And I it's dark and it's cold. That, uh, it was at least a 45 degree angle, if, if not, not 50 40, or 55. If, if not yeah. less, then it was much more of an it, acute it's angle a steep, than a, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was just like, holy moly, yes. And it kept getting cold. And I had, we were trying, like, so we're picking up the carrot scraps and the, and the whatever scraps to try to entice him. And, and finally, I'm like reaching in my pocket. And I know, and it's horrible. And, and if you chastise me via email, I will shut you down and I will, <laughs> you down and I will smack you like a dog. But, I know goats like to eat plastic, mm-hmm. and I reached in my pocket and I had a piece of a, um, one of those Baby Bell Belgiornos right, wrapped with the in wax. wax. Mm-hmm. So it's food safe wax. I didn't give him plastic, so it's red. And so I I tried to entice him with that, and it worked for the first piece, but we couldn't snatch you would, him. Right? Yeah, because you get him close, and then you would try to grab him, and I try to grab him, and but, he was he was lightning fast. So so here's a little educational tidbit for you. That um, I don't know if you knew, but I've I've learned this recently. You know the reason why they have rectangular, so they can see better peripheral vision. The most crazy ass peripheral vision. Okay. So the only reason I've I, I comment on this is because the most time I've ever been successful in snatching one of these little things mm-hmm. is when I've grabbed their back leg. Yeah. When they're camping. And that would be why. And that would be it. So, so what finally happened after about 10 minutes in the dark and it's getting cold, uh, Missy climbed back over the wall and she kind of went up uh, this this ramp and she and, and uh, Sharp Boy kind of chased her, followed her along yeah. on, the, on the outside of the wall and he kind of got himself trapped and kind of he, against the fence right and, and so i was able to get close and then he he went the wrong way he should have gone backwards but he couldn't go backwards because he was standing on a ledge so he had to go forward and i was able to grab him we were able to get him in with his buddy casper and bring him home and everybody's good and then this weekend we're actually gonna right now they're kind of in a little pen and it's like the love nest because chico's there and we moved uh twilight twilight well twilight's well, the she's second not ready girl anymore, right but she's not ready no so the just... one the one girl goat who's ready to go and is randy as all get out is toffee who cannot have any more babies because of the mastitis uh, from her last pregnancy and basically she, she just she can't she nurse. She shouldn't be bred and right. she can't be milked. And, oh, and one of her kids had a genetic defect Both as well. Both of them were brain damaged. Yeah. So Toffee can't breed. Yeah. She's the one that really wants to get it on with Chico. <laughs> yeah. There's so a, there's a we're having to keep the my... two lovebirds apart. Um, and they're kissing through the fence. Kid five actually said, mom, did you see? I said, what? She said, they're actually, they're, they're about their faces. It's like they're kissing through the fence. And I'm like, oh, it's like Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Because, you know, she right. was just reading it. But we both had a giggle about it. I was like, no, you, we, we had this conversation, right? She can't have babies. She said, oh, I know. She can't have any babies. I'm like, okay, good. So, <laughs> um, so this I weekend. I am not the bad guy. I am no. the good guy. Yes, exactly. But um, it is kind of a, a cramped space, especially now with four goats in there, even if two of them are kind of small. So um, this weekend we're going to be moving Chico and his boys uh, out to a, another the spot behind the chicken coop. No, no, that wasn't the plan at all. The plan is to put some <laughs> electronet around the immediate pen because I can't trust that Chico won't, won't try to break through electronet if I have a girl in estrus that I don't want him to breed to. So at night, I need to make sure that we lock them up 
or when I want to, I need to make sure that I lock them up. We're just gonna put a little electric nut out in the, to give them a little bit more breathing space in the front, but no, they're not going to their, no, because do you not remember how Mr. Freckles almost killed himself trying to get through Electronet fencing to get to a girl who was in heat? He got so tangled up, I thought he was going to electrocute himself to death. Yeah, there was And the that. fence finally shorted out, thank God, before he died. Yeah. But that was because I tried to keep him in an Electronet place mm-hmm. not that far away from the girls. And Well, then what do you... Well, then what difference does it make where the Electronet... It's going to go... Uh, it's not right, but going where it's going to go so if you're if the outside door mm-hmm. it's going to go the door is going to have like a two foot thing and it's going to go down and around the back so they have all that brush to eat down for them okay but there's still electro net that someone could try to get through yeah but it's further away from the girls than Mr. Freckles was and it has them eating brush down where we already talked about I have no problem leaving the area I just behind yeah. the chicken coop until the spring to okay. put them back there so it gets the chance to grow back. Remember who okay. said this? Yeah, okay. Okay. But it's still possible then for Chico to almost well, electrocute himself. Okay, but you know what then what we need to do? What? Is maybe we should just take the panel and put the, the little dude. solar panel. The solar panel and um, pet set up the little guys who have no interest in having mm-hmm. intercourse with anyone right. in their own place. And then Chico just stays a bachelor until we get him bred in and out, and then the boys move somewhere where we can actually get him. Okay. I think that's probably a better plan. All right. Because, All right. I, yeah, we have to keep him somewhere controlled. Yeah, no, I get it. In a small but space. But Chico's the only one that really needs to be controlled. And right. we need those adorable baby goats in a much more photogenic spot than that little pen right now. And so. also, way more pettable because if they keep right. hanging out with Chico, they're right. going to stink. stink. Oh, my um, gosh. So I've had to wash so many clothes <sighs> just trying to do anything near him. I had to put my cashmere sweater in the washing machine. Mm. And today, as I was crocheting a unicorn, I thought... Oh, dear Blob, did I put that in the dryer? Oh, no. And thank goodness, it was still in the wash, and I was able to stretch it all into the right space. But, oof. Yeah, but I had, because when I went to go get him, I had to pick him up, and the only thing I was wearing was, yeah, I stank like goat for an hour and ten minutes on the way home. He smells so bad. So especially he is a potent male. He is. And he is a handsome, furry, bearded Fuck. Yes, but he he stinks. Uh, stinks. And so last night, when we were moving the the baby goats into the pen, I go in and, and Missy is bringing the goats from the truck one at a time. And uh, oh yeah, and, and, and so inside. Chico's in there with Twilight, and I'm inside with him. And all of a sudden, Chico kind of like starts nibbling at my to the toe of my boot. I'm like Chico, come on, stop it. And and then as I'm standing there right in the line of the fence, he just comes up to me Rub. and just rubs his entire body along my leg, and I'm like, oh. He did man. that when I was trying to reaffix the manger that I had put up. And uh-huh. I was putting up with screws, and he was of, trying to go between my legs. I did that. I know my jeans were like. <laughs> he did the same thing to me. I was like, oh, and I came in the house, and I'm like, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm like. My and because he came between my legs, it's just like the, it's coming right up from my legs <laughs> up to my nose as I'm sitting on my laptop. I'm like, 
Oh dear God! I had to put my pajamas on at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It, my pajama pants because my jeans were like. How would you describe that stank? It's not skunk. No. It's more like, like super sweet pee mixed with a little bit of teenage male sweat. I, I was gonna say, yeah, it's like it's like it's like somebody took like. Uh, a gym class's worth of sweat socks after making everybody wear the socks for like two weeks straight, right? And so they, they were just kind of reeking. And, and then, then somebody peed, peed on them. All over right? them. They just and then peed they all let over them, them dry. Yeah. So that whole thing just sort of fixed <laughs> Funk. In. It just develops Total a funk. And complete nasty. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe we should talk about food right now. Don't ever go to a petting zoo <laughs> and let them talk you into petting one a of the male goats, goats. Right? Yeah. Because I think we're gonna have to move on to another subject. I imagine that our our listeners are just turning this podcast off and discuss in droves at the. Or moment. they're like, "Whoa, I had no idea. What an educational." So what they do is they pee on their faces to make. Yeah, you never see attractive. this in National Geographic because this isn't quite interesting enough for National Geographic. It's not like they have like you know. But they will. Goats but they will literally put their heads down between the their neck, their between their legs, and pee on their faces to make them more attractive to, to girls. Right. Which apparently works because if you go to the Cornegate Farm Instagram page, you will see a video of Toffee's tail just going like gangbusters. She's just she she wouldn't even come to dinner tonight. Wow. Like, all the goats usually, when, when they see me in the feed shed mm-hmm. and they hear me mixing up the pail, they start running ahead of me to the fence. Because we we fence we let the girls free range during the day because there's, like, nothing to eat in where they are. Right. And there's nothing to eat anywhere on the farm right now. So we let them go and nibble up whatever. But at night, they all get dinner. But we put them in Electronet at night um, because wolves and coyotes and hunter dogs and it's mm-hmm. better for their everybody's safety <clears throat> and usually they they hear me and they they mill uh, you're, but right. as soon as you shut the door they go the door of the feed shed, yes well i go they go some of them go tearing off and i go walking over and i'm mixing it as i'm walking and i get inside and i start pouring and i look back and there's toffee she's like she's still under the shade <laughs> of the trees she's not like 10 feet away from the fence. So she's a good 50 feet away from wow. where I'm standing. And she's just like, she's sort of facing me, but she's looking back like, I can't leave my Chico. I can't leave my Chico. But there's food. I can't leave my Chico. Well, food one. Uh, it was. It always does. It was so funny, though. It was such a little soap opera. I was just like, I make an extra noise. I'm like, right. shake, shake, shake. I left some food in the bottom after I, I poured some in the first bucket. and Shaky, shaky, shaky. I'm looking. I go over to the second bucket. I pour most of it in. Mm-hmm. So I still have some sound. Shaky, shaky, shaky. I'm like, toffee. Shaky, shaky. <laughs> she came. Yeah. <laughs> but it usually it was funny. So, yeah. She is, she is high in estrus. Um, it occurs every 18 to 21 days in goats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that means it lasts for 15 to 10 days. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't either. It didn't say that. I kept looking. Um, so, yeah. So, the plan is to rotate uh, the girls who can breed uh, in with Chico when, when they go into estrus. And, uh, and then we will assure ourselves of a mighty number of adorable baby goats come spring. Well, um, a pretty decent number. We have three girls who can breed this year. And even if we could um, breed... Darla, it's kind of creepy. It's it's possible sometimes they do it. The father daughter crosses to for to keep coloration and stuff really? in. But yeah, I I'd have to look into it. Uh, Whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to do that to keep the coloration because I always kind of like the surprise factor. Like, what are the babies gonna look like? You know? Because Chico's so colorful and polka dotted and and you know between mm-hmm. um, Freckles and Franny. So we have Freckles and Franny and Twilight are the three girls that are breeding. We don't have Franny anymore. Oh, sorry. Freckles and Fern and Twilight um, that are breedable. Um, Freckles and Fern are sisters. One of them is black with white spots and one of them is white with black spots. Mm. And then we have Twilight. Um, the first two are 100% Nigerian dwarfs. And so all of their children with Chico are registerable and whateverable. Um, but Twilight is a Sanin Nigerian mix, and the reason I keep her around is because she produces twice as much milk as all the other girls on the stand, and even if we don't end up keeping her kids, we, people buy them because they're cute. Mm-hmm. Casper is one of her children. Yeah. Toffee, we kept her, is one of her children. Um, and it's funny because twice she's had... Um, or a couple times she's had babies where, so Toffee is cream colored with multicolored polka dots because of her father, but her brother, who was born at the same time, looked just like Casper. He was all white, just like his mother. Okay. And uh, Toffee takes more after her dad, but Twilight's thrown a whole bunch of solid white babies, even though she's been bred with crazy multicolored mm-hmm. males. So. Last time, she only threw the one, and that was Casper, Mm -hmm. and he was white. So I'm hoping she even lets Chico near her this time, because that was a problem. Yeah. Um, But I know that uh, Fern and Franny, Fern and Freckles have, so as soon as their tails get to wagging, we'll get to get get everybody together. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, on that... uh you know, happy note, I well, guess. It's, you know, procreation, it's life, it's next year, it's it baby is. goats. Baby and goats. People love the baby goats. And, oh, so the other thing about the baby goats is so the reason we had to bring the baby goats home is, A, it's winter, there's not a lot growing on, there's not a lot of people who want to freeze their butts off sitting next to a river drinking wine, even though it's really pretty, and they do have a heated patio, and they are open a lot of times, but it's not very pleasant for the goats right now, because it's right next to the water. So we brought them home, um... The main reason we had to bring them home is because it's not very pleasant from the next to the river is because they've gotten big enough to figure out how to jump up over all the barriers. Right. Even in addition, like, the extra chair barriers mm-hmm. and the extra, you know, throw them on the side barriers. And it's a really nice patio. Yes. And we and, want it to stay really nice. And we don't want, we would like for uh, the Virginia Chasing Cellar to continue to host our little baby goats <laughs> uh, for the future. And it's a good relation, you know, it's good for them because it keeps the brush down so in the spring they will have new 
Residence. Maybe goes. Yes. So. Yeah. So it'll all work out. Yeah. Uh, and we may even try to uh, sell the boys to uh, offer them up to one of the ladies who worked at the tasting cellar if she's interested because she really, really loved <laughs> and, and, having you know, them around. They're adorable. They're super cute. I don't know why anybody would really want a pet goat unless you were totally and completely into it because I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever read anyone successfully potty training a goat, but I have heard of people successfully potty training therapy horses, miniature horses. Mm -hmm. So I suppose anything is possible. Uh, yes, it is. Because goats are smart. They are. They totally are. They're wicked smart. All right. Should we get to some emails? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Dano uh, says uh, SoundCloud hasn't updated for a while. Still shows the latest episode is the Great Tomato Wine Fest. The uh, Blaze shows are episodes. Our Blaze shows me episodes thirty six to forty two. I've got me some catching up to do. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that, uh, Dano. I'll see if we can. Check into that and see what's going on with the SoundCloud files. Um, Brian writing in says, uh, thinking of the right words too late. He says, one of my favorite bits of linguistic trivia. Ooh. He says, I understand it's not used much anymore, but the French used to have a phrase, l'esprit de... Okay, hang on. L'esprit de l'escalier, which translates roughly into the spirit of the stairway or stairway wit. It's when you think of the perfect comeback only after you've stormed out of the party and you're already at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> yeah, because I think we talked about that on a podcast. We like did. How I like, uh, you, 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 two minutes too late. Uh, Robin, who's out in, I believe, Warren County in the uh, Shenandoah area, uh, Shenandoah Valley area, was uh, sent me a couple of links to the Second Amendment Sanctuary vote that took place. I believe this was uh, last night or a couple of nights ago, December 10th. Uh, more than 1,000 people, she says, in attendance at the County Board of Supervisors in favor of the Second Amendment sanctuary status. Yes, uh, our county, Buckingham County, uh, voted in favor of the Second Amendment sanctuary resolution this week. We had about 363 people in attendance, which is not bad for, uh, I, I mean, there have been bigger crowds, for sure. For percentage, I know. It's kind of like... I was a little sad about our county because we're actually bigger in numbers than <coughs> neighboring counties, but they had way more people. Yeah, they they did. I'm, I think. I, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I think what the biggest thing is is like I think almost everyone in our county knows our sheriff mm-hmm. because he was the game warden for thirty years and then became the sheriff, and he's this. No nonsense. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, actually, I interviewed uh, Sheriff Kidd for Baron Arms Cam and Company this week. So yeah, you, you had him on your show. Yeah, so if you go to uh, YouTube, go to Town Hall Media, uh, just look for that interview. It's Virginia Sheriff. You can also find it from the Cornigone Farm um, Facebook Facebook page. page. I always share your those. Oh, thank you, I baby. try. I remember. I appreciate that. So it's you know, it's also you know. It's always good to promote. Yes. So there were 600 in Cumberland County the other night. I went to that meeting, and then I was going to go up to Fluvanna County where they had their vote in Palmyra, uh, but because of the goat excursion. We had to get the goats. There had was... to get the goats. Prince uh, Edward County, which is where Farmville is located. Next week. Next week. And so I'll be down there for that. And then I believe there are a couple of other counties. There were quite a few counties actually voting on Thursday night as we're recording the show. So um, as we're recording this, we're at... I believe 84. Out of 90. No, some of these are cities too, but 84 Second Amendment 
sanctuary communities. I would say of the counties, we're at probably 70 to 75. But out of 95. Out of 95. Yeah. So that's... And even... <clears throat> I thought even... I saw even Fairfax County jumped on that. Nope. No. No? They, they, they heard from citizens, but they are not going to vote on it now. And Loudoun County voted it down. Of course they did. City of Fredericksburg voted it down. Mm. Uh, but Spotsylvania County approved it, which kind of surprised that's, me because that's turned it into a D.C. suburb. But isn't Fredericksburg in Spotsylvania County? Yeah, but it's an independent city. So you have a Fredericksburg City Council. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I never know how that stuff works. Yeah, I can. I know it's boring, but I can tell you. Like, in, like Farmville now, has thanks. a mayor and Farmville has a city. Okay, it's yeah. okay. Good. <laughs> um, and we live in a town where we can't vote because we don't actually live in the town. Where right. We vote. Yeah, so it's all you know, whatever. Uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, which is the uh, third biggest city in the, in the state of Virginia, uh, their city council passed a resolution, which uh, pleasantly surprised me as well. The city? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. I mean, most of these have been, you know, rural areas, but uh, uh, there have been some, you know, suburban and, and I won't say urban, but suburban communities, certainly, that have uh, that have passed these resolutions as well. Um, and next week, we'll have some more. And, uh, you know, Ralph Northam and the Virginia Democrats are losing their mind. They're talking about threatening to call out the National Guard to try to enforce these gun laws, which is just absolutely ludicrous. It's insane. They can't. I mean, most of the gun laws that they try to enact are just about unenforceable anyway. Right. And it doesn't, you know, we go through all of the proper steps. We go to purchase a gun. We get our checks. We buy it. We pay whatever. Yeah. And it's not what what's happening is, is that no matter what, we do we're being punished for following the rules because all of the the laws they try to create are to prevent the bad guys from breaking the law well i'm sorry but they're already breaking the law so making another law saying it's illegal to break the law doesn't make any sense because they've been breaking the law since the get-go i know it's the thing that drives me you know and 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 ultimately i do think that for these politicians, it's not really about lowering crime. If that happens, great. But it really is not about public safety. It really is about taking people's guns away. They don't like the Second Amendment. They think we'd be better off if we didn't have it. And 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 that's really what it's all about. Because yeah, And short of saying, no, we're going to ban guns outright, which would never happen anyway, because again... If you tried to start taking everybody's guns, then well, that's where they get stuck, right? And how are you so they do it. I lost all mine in a boating accident. Well, that's the thing. That's where they get stuck. They don't. They don't. They don't want to think about how you enforce it. They want to think, well, if we just put it on the books, then people will obey it. But that's not how life works. <laughs> that's not how Americans when you, are. When you put unpopular laws on the books, seriously, we, uh, hi. We sort of started this by the English putting unpopular laws on the books and we were like, You 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 can't just do that to us. We're right. we're kinda here and we're 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 gonna do this and yeah. that's why we fought for our independence in the first place. Exactly. Uh, and you know, from the response to the Alien and Sedition Acts in seventeen ninety six to uh, Jefferson's embargo and the, you know, growth of the black market. Uh, when we supposedly when we stopped doing trade with every other country, like that was one of Jefferson's worst ideas, 
uh, he thought would have leverage over France by uh, launching an embargo. And so we just we refused to trade with any other nation. And it just it would destroy the economy. Um, and, it, you know, it was a thriving black market in smuggling because people were not going to obey that dumb law. He was a really good Mike Brady architect. Right. Um, you know, prohibition, the fugitive response to the Fugitive Slave Act. I mean, again, there you're right. It's in our cultural DNA to disobey unjust laws. In fact, uh, when I spoke at the Buckingham County Board of Supervisors meeting, one of the things that I quoted from was Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail, uh, where he said that it is a sacred duty and responsibility to obey just laws and it is a you have a duty to disobey unjust laws um and and that i think is a very american attitude to have yeah totally. and these laws that would strip people of the right to own the most commonly sold and manufactured rifle in america today that's an unjust law a law that says that a, a parent who's trained their child uh, to be safe and responsible with a firearm, can't leave their 17-year-old daughter. Especially since we, there was just a news story about a, a kid who whose house was being invaded, and she had to get the family gun. Right. And she didn't shoot the guy, but she scared him enough or, or yeah. made a loud bang, and she maybe wasn't a great shot, but nobody in her house was hurt, and that guy just... Right, and that and that would be a crime. It would have been a crime for her. She would have. It would have been a crime for her parents. Yeah, then you would have gone to jail if she got your gun to save her brother or sister and herself from somebody coming into your house. Yeah, which is complete and total baloney. Yes, I know. Because this is the same party that thinks an unsupervised minor at a ridiculously young age can go get a medical procedure without the parents even knowing about it. Right. Yeah, same state. I, I totally whitewashed I it. I know you. your look in your eyes was like, oh, don't do it, but... No, I no, no. I cleaned it up. I know. <laughs> I can make it, like, just exactly what it is. Yes. No, you're you're fine, but you're right. And, and there is that glaring double standard. And so, I, I, you know, I don't know where we're going with all of this. Um, I can tell you that if you are a Virginia gun owner, Lobby Day is January 20th, 2020 uh, at the state capitol in Virginia. I'm going to be speaking there. I know Dick Heller is going to be there. There's going to be some more uh, speakers that are added to the list. But Oh, I didn't know about this. Okay. Well, you're invited. Um, Thanks. Anyway, we uh, I did tell you about it because I told you I'm flying to SHOT Show right after that. But anyway... Oh, oh, that I mean, thing. I, okay, that yeah. thing. Sorry. That thing. That thing. That uh, I don't say it. Anyway, um, so if you can make it to Lobby Day, please do. And, uh, you know, I haven't tried to count, like, the total attendance for these meetings, but we're pretty darn close to 100,000 people showing up overall. around the state. Overall. And if we can keep that momentum going for If we had a tenth stuff. of that, if we had 10,000 people at the state capitol, that would be amazing. If we had you know, half of those people who showed up, if they could make it to the state capitol, 50,000 gun owners flooding Capitol Square in downtown Richmond would send a message to lawmakers. And I'm not saying it could negate every one of these bad bills, but there may be a couple of, you know, rural Democrat senators who... Uh, who, who may be swayed by something out. like that, but you know? I'm pretty sure our tone-deaf... Democratic former blackface B 
baby-killing governor thinks it's perfectly fine to keep going down this traipsing path of screwing our state up because he's never going to run for another office again. But, man, karma is going to get you in your bleepity, bleepity, bleepity back parts. All right. And with that, we're going to end our political talk because I, I know that some folks do not tune in to listen to us talk politics. And for the most part, we try and for to the most part, we don't. We do. But, but the gun <laughs> thing's been kind of close to home because yeah, um, hi. Right. And we live in the state where we're being ruled by a bunch of right. Here we go. We've got some good news here from our friend Mark in Louisiana. And we talked about Mark's... Yeah, we still have... um, We have to remember, we have that whole big old party bag for things for our Mardi Gras party in February Mm -hmm. that they sent us up. Yes. So we had talked about Mark's big news that uh, he and his wife had had bought a farm in Louisiana. They bought the farm, but in a good way. But we've actually now heard from Mark officially. So Uh, I want to share his email. Uh, He said, apologies for the late email. When we last spoke, I told you about going to see Mr. Curtis right before Thanksgiving. He had pulled his house from the market, and our seemingly endless house hunt was on hold until spring. That was until a new small farm came across our alert. It's in the same rural village, too small to be a town. He says, we went and we saw it. 2,300 square feet, brick exterior, open floor plan, huge master suite with a jacuzzi tub. Oh, see, I didn't even know about that part. Dang, that's a nice size house. Right? Solar panels, he says. (gasps) That need updating, though. He says, granite countertops, a large pantry laundry room. Outside, 6.2 acres, a three-stall barn with electricity. Oh, smack. That's awesome. Right. Large chicken coop with a run already secured from predators. Chicken coop. Workshop with electricity. (gasps) Oh, I hate you, Mark. A small in-ground pool. Invite me. A back deck for entertaining. A stocked pond with bass, perch, and catfish. Wait, they have a small in-ground pool and a pond? Yeah. Dang. A deer stand that needs to come down and be replaced. He says, I found deer scat, by the way, so I know where the feeder will go. (laughs) Lemon trees, blackberry bushes, a huge fig tree, a pecan tree, and other fruit slash nuts yet to be discovered, I'm sure. Um... He says, uh, I'm "Totally jelly bite right now. All over. We 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 also inherited some fruit trees, and they have all died from the cypress tree blight. <laughs> right. The pecan trees aren't cross pollinating with any other ones, so the nuts are. Pfft, yeah. And the only nuts we get are the black walnuts. Black walnuts and bitter hickories, which are not edible, and then the black walnuts are so much work to get. Right. That you're like, go ahead, squirrels, eat them. Um." But you know, I, I, I that is one of the cool things, though, when you when you move to a farm. It, like I remember that feeling when we discovered, oh my gosh, those are blueberry bushes. I know that, and we right? had so many blueberries that year. Yeah, or not that year, the second year, because the first year the birds ate them all, and then the right. second year we put the. The, the netting, netting on, over. and then we had to deal with a couple of dead birds. But you know, I actually saved. You did. You saved a woodpecker. A woodpecker I know twice. Yeah. I don't know if it was the same stupid woodpecker or not, but I saved two woodpeckers. But that is really cool. It it's is. That, that discovery of oh my gosh, and when you and when you move in this time of year, yeah, right when the leaves are dead and there's nothing growing. Then it's that that springtime is not just renewal, but that first spring that you're there on the farm, it really is a period of discovery. Well, because you're when, watching the farm wake up. Because when we moved here, um, our front, the, so this this way back in the day, uh, they called this place Locust Grove, and we have a bunch of locust trees in our front yard, and they are black locusts, not yes. honey locusts. Right. 
and uh, we I just showed you not that long ago. What, how did I say? How high did I say that piece of wire embedded in one of the trees was? It was like at least seven feet high. It was mm-hmm. me standing up. I'm five foot nine with my arm extended and I could touch it. But it's this ball of wire that was probably yeah. from a fence in one of our um, trees in the front yard. But when we first saw this place in October, all the leaves had fallen down. So I thought they were just a bunch of dead trees. And I thought, how cool is that? It's so Edward Gorey. <laughs> come spring and they don't, it doesn't happen every year. And we, I've learned that since we've moved here. Mm-hmm. But that year, that spring, when the locusts actually leafed there there are there are these big ugly crazy dead looking gnarled trees with the bark Mm -hmm. but the leaves are like ferny little feather bits they're like very delicate little delicate Mm -hmm. leaves on branches but what's even more surprising and it happened the first year and it hasn't it's only happened twice is these tiny little orchids like flowers Mm -hmm. that they make and the first year we were here my dead trees went from i thought they were never going to come back but still really cool looking to these beautiful tiny leaved funky flower things (laughs) and i was like holy this is awesome yeah and i like I fell in love with my farm even more. Yep. So sorry, yeah, exactly. it took long to get through the description, but no, it was good. worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. So I I, I look forward to your spring of discovery, Mark. Um, anyway, Mark says uh, in the springtime there will be chicks uh, adding to the flock, and I plan to breed some Javas and possibly possibly some rustic ramblers of my own. Uh, our new neighbors will be a family with three small kids that run a farm of their own. They even have a CSA with pasture raised meats. We already talked. I think we'll be signing up. Mark says, you know, it's really funny. I really wanted Mr. Curtis's place, but truth be told, this is more of a family homestead near the town with cell service, access to the local coffee shop. So we uh, should we so choose. He says it's a better fit for all of us. And I'm grateful that the opportunity presented itself so, when it did. Kind of like how when we were finding our place, that first place we put a bit on, we thought, this thought is it was a place, be right? It. This, we mm-hmm. thought it was the place. And then when it didn't come through, we were like, ugh. But then this came along and by happenstance, it was even better that it was that we were only a mile from the major intersection and only an hour from a whole bunch of stuff. Exactly. And I think that, you know, it sounds like Mark and uh, his family have that same sort of scenario where uh, where they are. Uh, Mark says, our son will have a much more wholesome and adventurous childhood than I did. I cannot wait to start watching less TV, being on my phone and learning with him, teaching him things and enjoying the tranquility and peace of mind that location gives my family in many scenarios. Mark says there is much preparation to be done. We have to sell this house as well. Uh, Doc more soon. Hope you both are well. Mark, I'm so glad that you and your family are well. It just sounds like this is a Fingers great, great house move. sells quickly, too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe next time you can regale us with tales of the house that you're leaving. And you can sell that. You can just, hey, you know what? This is 2,300 square feet. It's got it, right? And, and who knows? Maybe one of our listeners will buy your house that you're selling. You never know. And move to Louisiana. Louisiana is a very uh, pro-gun state. As long as you stay away from the, you know, the flood zones, you'll be good. There you go. All right. Well, on that note, stay away from the flood zones. We'll have to add that to our to-do list here. Uh, <laughs> be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And stay away from flood zones. And make stuff. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 